Welcome to episode six of the Night and Runs podcast. My guest today is Kelly Patterson. Kelly just completed her first ever 100K ultramarathon in Zion National Park in Utah. Kelly is a athlete of mine who I coach through Night and Runs Coaching, and I wanted to bring her on the show today to learn about her experience training for and running this event. Prior to working with me, Kelly was a runner but had never done an ultramarathon before. And she went from running shorter distances all the way up to 100K in a single season. From my perspective, she did a phenomenal job with this. And I really just wanted to dig into her story, learn her background, and see how she was able to accomplish such a big goal in just a few months. So Kelly, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, kind of as I set it up there, You've been a real pleasure to, to work with. I started coaching you around the beginning of the year, right? Yeah, it was uh, probably November or December. Yeah, towards the, yeah. towards the end of the year. And, yeah. And you were just at that point, like finishing up a, a 5K training program that you were following online. And yeah. it was it was something that was done through like the Whoop Strap program, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was an eight week uh, 5K PR uh, goal. And they coached us based on our recovery on our, our whoop bands. Yeah, that's super cool. My, my wife, Erica, has a whoop too. And I've noticed more and more, more of my athletes starting to get it. It's been, what I really like about it as, as a coach is it shows you that recovery score. And it says like, if you're in the green, yellow, or red after every night's sweep, which for, for adult athletes, really any athlete, like, modulating your training with your recovery is so important to make sure that you're going to keep progressing and improving in, in the sport. How, how did you find that, that WHOOP program to go for you? I absolutely loved it. Um, I had never followed a running training program before. I had always just been kind of like, oh, I'll go out for a run today and see what happens. Um, so it was really great to have some structure to it. That's something that I really can connect with. Um, and for me, I was on a specific part of the study that was based on our recovery scores. So I would wake up in the morning and figure out what my workout would be based on how I was recovered. That was part of their study is, is training based on recovery, um, you know, more efficient than just following a strict training plan, no matter what your recovery score is. So for me, it was really cool um, to, to monitor that. And it was also cool to see like, um, you know, being able to give myself a little bit less exertion on the days when I woke up red. And it was also, it made me more aware of, you know, oh, I've got to hydrate today because I want to be green tomorrow so I can do a longer run. Um, so it just, it made me more aware of kind of all the things that went into my recovery as well. So it was, it was cool to see. And it was cool to kind of experience, you know, like, oh, I woke up green and my run felt really good today. Um, and I don't know how much of that is me seeing green and then feeling good about it or <laughs> my body actually being being primed. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was really exciting. And when you first reached out to me for coaching, I actually sort of took it as a little challenge. I was like, okay, Kelly just did this cool technology-based training <laughs> thing. Let's see if if my old school uh, effort-based <laughs> level training could compare to it. But what I really liked is that you would share your, you would continue to share your whoop score, your recovery score. And I was actually able to look at that. So I could see 
like after I gave you a workout it, the next day, you might be in the yellow or red, but then if you had an easy day or recovery day, it would come back into the green before your next workout. So yeah. that was like pretty reassuring that, you know, I'm not a super technology driven coach, but it seemed to kind of jive up pretty well, which was cool. Yeah, it definitely did. And, and it was also nice for me too, because if I woke up red some days, you know, I would just text you and say, I'm going to shift my rest day to today. And usually if I did that on a red day, if I shifted a rest day, the next day would be, I'd be ready to go for a workout, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. That's so cool. Before you were doing this training program, you mentioned that you did run sort of casually. What, what was the furthest distance that you had completed before I think prob probably 10 miles was probably my longest run I'd ever done. Yeah. And then, you know, literally just, just last weekend, you did a 62 mile run. <laughs> yep. Pretty, it's pretty amazing. Over the course of like the past four or five months, you've scaled up your weekly mileage from less than 20 to about, what, what was the highest we did? About 40? 40, 42. Yeah. That's probably the highest we got. Yeah. Covering. <laughs> and then your, your buildup, you had a half marathon, a full yep. marathon, yep. which was on trails and yeah. <laughs> like up a mountain. By yeah. The way. I ran my first, my first trail run ever, you know, <laughs> my first, I think my, my trail marathon was maybe my seventh trail run of my whole life. <laughs> All the way up to just last weekend, the, yep. the Zion hundred K ultra which sounds super, super fun. I love to learn more about how that race specifically went. Yeah. Um, what were you feeling like in, in the lead up week to Zion? I felt like I had no idea what to expect. Um, I don't think I was, as, I was that anxious really. I was just kind of like, all right, let's get there and see what happens. Um, Cause you know, I felt like I, I was like at peace with the fact that like, I've done all I can do, right? I've done all the work that I can do. I did everything. And now it's just a matter of getting there and moving my legs. <laughs> yeah. I felt, you know, really happy with the way that your training went. From my perspective, there wasn't a ton of hiccups in this build. Do you feel like th this season went well for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't have any, I mean, I had no injuries. I mean, even with the amount of mileage that I was adding, you know, I didn't feel like I was ever struggling with soreness or recovery or anything like that. I felt like things were pretty smooth. And, and, you know, I said, I had never run more than 10 miles. I think by the end of it, if you would give me a 10 mile run, I was like, oh, why is my long run so short? <laughs> so yeah, I feel like there, there was really no, no issues along the way. Yeah, that, that's awesome. You know, as, as a coach, it's when someone comes to you and says, hey, the furthest I've ever run is 10 miles. And I, by the way, I just signed up for a 100K race. <laughs> it's, it's an exciting challenge, uh, but it's, it's also a, a big one, um, both, for, both for you as the athlete, of course, but me as the coach. You know, I feel personal responsibility for all my athletes. I want to make sure they stay healthy and, and injury-free and increasing your mileage too quickly, too soon is obviously one of the things that, that tends to lead to athletes getting injured, but you really had no issues this season. What would you attribute to? I, I find it you know, pretty remarkable. Your build 
was both quick, but pretty seamless. Yeah, I think I, I think it's obviously probably, you know, surprising when, when someone comes to you and says, I want to do this, but um, I think I had a good background in fitness and especially body awareness because I'm a, I'm a yoga teacher and I'm a fitness instructor. And so um, I'm someone who's very tuned in to when things don't feel good. Um, and so I think that was, that was a good jumping off point. And then I think also um, in your coaching, you really emphasize, you know, taking it easy when you feel like you need to take it easy, either, you know, walking up hills or um, feeling like you can run a little slower as long as you keep moving. Um, so I think that helped me too in that, you know, when I was running on my own, that was never really um, something that I thought about too much. It was usually, you know, push myself till I feel dead, no matter how far I'm running. Um, so that was, that was a really good thing for me to sort of like chill out on. Um, and I, yeah, so that, that combined with sort of like body awareness and, you know, hydration and nutrition, um, I think really helped. That's great. Yeah. The, the thing with ultras is, you know, for, for, I would say most athletes, especially probably the thing with ultras, I mean, pretty much everyone except for like really the pro level who are running ultras, they're gonna, their race is going to be very, very different than what like a regular training day is like. I mean, to, to cover 62 miles, it's, it's a sheer feat of endurance. Like your speed is probably not really a factor for like 99% of people trying to run a, a race that long. So, and when you go out for an easy day run of like an hour, you're obviously going to have like way more energy and be faster on just like a normal day. than you're going to be like 12 hours into a mountain race. So when you think about like speed training for ultras, I think it's, it's kind of interesting. There's this, this theory of anything faster than race pace is speed training. And though it may not seem like it, if you assume you're going to be slower than you normally are during an ultra, then just like your regular everyday pace, that's like comfortable and, you know, feels good, but it's like not hard. Like that's technically speed training for an ultra. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was something that like I expected going into the ultra, but it really like once I was in it, I was like, oh, people aren't running. Like this is not, this is not a, a run in my classical <laughs> consideration of like running a race, right? It's, there was, it was a power hike at best at some points. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, you shared this event with two friends, right? Mm-hmm. And we spoke a few days before the race, and I know you had some concerns about where you're going to be able to stay together. Was that going to be a challenge? Um, would there be tough times where someone wanted to push on and somebody else didn't? But you ended up staying together the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was actually a huge factor in the fact that we all finished. Um, there were definitely moments throughout the race where one of us would be pushing forward and the, the person at the back had to keep up, you know, or be, or be left behind. And, and I think we all sort of switched off on that role throughout the race and it, it worked out really well in that, you know, by the time we got really into that last, you know, 15 mile stretch, it was just a sheer force of will to get through it and having someone else there that was ahead of you that you were following or you were going to 
be left in the dark with your headlamp. Um, I think that that really made a huge difference. And um, yeah, I think worrying about the pace before before the race was in hindsight, sort of a, a silly consideration because, you know, it, again, we all trained in different ways. And um, when you're in it, it's just like, it's you just keep moving however you can. Yeah. Relentless forward progress is <laughs> a phrase I've heard before applied to this, yep. even, even when you don't want to. I, I think one of the tips I gave you before we met was like, just don't spend too much time in the aid stations. Just keep going. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we had that. We we noticed we had at the end, um, someone had kind of joined our group because he noticed that we were we were on a mission and he needed someone to drag him forward. He was alone. And so he he started coming with us and um, we stopped at a few aid stations while he was with us and he kept sitting down and we were like, no, <laughs> can't sit down. We're going. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. The, the element of teamwork I'm sure was huge. Ultras can be as much, as much mental, if not more than, than physical and, you know, having friends keep you going is, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you were able to have that and, and yeah. you all had a good day. Could you kind of walk us through the race? Like what, what did it feel like, like in the morning of yeah, dark, you had a headlamp. What was the scenery like? What, what did you have to overcome throughout the day? Yeah. So, so we got there at about five 30 in the morning, the the hundred K race started at six. So we got to watch, um, the hundred mile race go start at about 5 a.m. So we were watching all the, the 100 milers get get geared up to, to start. Um, so that was interesting. But so we sat in the car, it was dark, um, waited until it was about time to get going. And um, there was definitely a lot of nerves that morning. But um, once we got going, it was kind of cool. You, you know, you had pretty much everyone at the starting line shot off at the same time. Um, and we started on a nice little like downhill gravel road, which was <laughs> good, good intro to the day. We got to watch the sunrise over some mesas. It was beautiful. And we're kind of taking our time. We were running pretty slow, but we were getting, getting some running in. Um, and then um, we found ourselves up on a mesa. And the first one we went around was pretty rocky terrain. And it was a little difficult to follow the pink ribbons. So that was the main challenge, I think, through that the first Mesa loop that we did, which was about mile five through 17. So the challenge was staying on course in that one. Um, and so there was one point where we went out and back during that time, I'd say it was probably around mile 13. Um, and we were out on a, a big rock and we had these beautiful panoramic views, 360 degrees of, of just the whole park, which was amazing. Um, and yeah, so I'd say that that first part, we felt super comfortable. We were able to kind of, you know, push the pace along with, without tiring ourselves out. Um, and then at mile 17, we got to, um, the, the same aid station that we had been at before. And that was right before a steep descent to drop off. So it was about a 1500 foot descent into a valley off the Mesa. And as we were going down, I mean, my my feet were at, you know, this extreme angle. We were taking tiny little steps to get down, shuffling, because it was kind of like loose sand and gravel. Um, and so, yeah, it was 
that was tough on the knees. I'd say that was probably the biggest concern going down. That was a, like, we couldn't go down it quickly. And, and B, I was just like every step, like, okay, put my foot and then move the other. <laughs> um, and then we got down into the valley and it was about 20 miles down there. And I think you had told me before that that would probably be the most mentally challenging. And it definitely was, it was, the hottest part of the day, it was monotonous terrain on old rolling roads. Um, so that was definitely a challenging piece of the day. And that was um, that was the part where we were sort of dragging ourselves along. And we we were talking to other runners who were around us that was helping to pass the time and, and the terrain. And um, so there was, there was about an 11 mile gap in between two main aid stations, one being at mile 27-ish and one being at mile 38, which would be back up on the Mesa, so after a huge climb. And there were supposed to be two water-only stations in between that during those 11 miles, and they were both out of water, which was not good. Um, it was actually kind of scary. So um, there was a lot of runners who were like, what do, what do we do? Um, and I mean, the race, the race organizers ended up apologizing for it afterwards. They were like, this is totally unacceptable. But luckily for us, we had, uh, we had um, one of my friends, her parents were down and they met us in, um, there's a, a stretch about at three miles where we were on a highway running alongside of a road. And they met us at the, the beginning of that stretch and said, do you need anything? And we said, please bring us Gatorade. <laughs> so at the end of that three miles, they had cold Gatorade waiting for us. And I think that that was the big savior um, because then at mile 37 we had to climb back up um, and that that climb is something I'll, I'll never ever forget it was grueling it took us probably an hour to get up the thing um, it was <laughs> we started climbing we got up we got up a little bit of the way and had to stop and, and catch our breath our hearts were like pounding out of our chests and we look up and the whole trail on the way up is just like littered with people taking breaks, like littered with people sitting down on rocks, holding onto trees, like, uh, like it was a struggle for everyone and because they had changed the course. In previous years, this climb had been like within the first, you know, few miles of the race. And now it was at mile 38 and, you know, at the end of the day when the sun was coming at us and man, it was, it was a lot. Um, there was there was a woman who who was vomiting on the trail. <laughs> I don't know if that's nice to know, but um, like it was, it, people were going through it. Um, so we got through it by giving ourselves checkpoints. You know, saying like we're we're gonna go to that tree and and catch our breath. We're gonna go to that rock and catch our breath. Um, and I'm also afraid of heights, so <laughs> it was. Um, it was an emotional mental challenge for me on, on some of those spaces where, you know, the trail gets really, really narrow and there's not really any place to put your feet. So um, we pushed through and <laughs> we got to the top and, and we did end up sitting there for a minute and, you know, catching our breath, getting ourselves together, um, getting some food, real food. Um, so that I think was definitely like a, a turning point. Um, when we got up there, I think all three of us like had the, the realization that like we probably aren't going to be able to do any more real running. Like this is going to be a hike. 
from here on out and we had 24 miles left to go and like the just the, the mental knowing that you're not going to be able to speed this up and it's going to be this is a long time <laughs> that we're going to be doing this from here on out I think was really challenging for me um just knowing that like this was our pace and this was going to take a while um so it started getting dark probably around mile 46 I'd say at that point we had two more Mesa loops to go through um with some some just you know gravel road uphills to climb um we walked with some other runners during those those Mesa loops and we had again we had picked up someone who had seen that we were we were determined to push through and finish on on time and hopefully before time and um so he was he was walking with us as well so it was kind of nice just that knowing that you weren't alone and like you weren't going to be left on the trail with no other runners around um but yeah i think after it got dark it was just a sheer force of will to to you know, we're going to keep moving we're not going to stop now so um no matter how much you complain how much it hurts how much how many blisters you have you're going to you're going to cross that finish line so um Yes, we finished in 20 hours and 15 minutes, and um, I went straight to the car and took my shoes off. <laughs> um, didn't feel like talking to anyone for a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. That was yeah. that was an awesome story. I can't imagine what it would have felt like when you got to that water-only aid station down in the valley, probably low on water ready to drink and found it was yeah. totally dry yeah it was it was scary <laughs> yeah the short experience i have hiking in the desert i'm from the east coast and here water is so plentiful you, you hardly ever think about it when you're hiking in the desert it's all i thought about when i was yeah. hiking was that a major concern for you during this race or were the aid stations spaced out enough that you didn't have to worry about it too much. I think the aid stations were pretty well spaced. Um, if, if if those two had been <laughs> stocked, it would have been it would have been fine. Um, I was definitely thinking about it for most of the race, um, but yeah, I think the aid stations were were well spaced, and the ones where we were able to get to our drop bags were good, um, and they had a good variety of you know they had electrolytes, they had water they tried to keep it cold I mean as much as they could it was I think that was that was a challenge for the the race organizers but um I think they I think they did a good job overall those those two being empty was the the only like real hiccups that we experienced yeah I I have never organized a race really myself except for a virtual one once where I didn't have too many responsibilities <laughs> and it just seems like so there's so many logistics you need to get perfect and obviously your runners ex expect everything to be perfect especially yeah. in a harsh environment like yeah zion um so i i'm really you know very thankful for all the race directors out right now who are finding ways to put on races um yeah especially in sort of the what's hopefully the later stages of the covid19 pandemic right now yeah uh how did you feel during the race, um, you know, sort of in this time where races are kind of happening, they're not happening in other areas. Um, 
did it feel normal and comfortable? Did you have any issues or it, concerns? I think it did feel normal and comfortable. So, I mean, another like layer of this is that they, they were organizing five different distances, mm -hmm. five different races at one time. Um, so that was, that was definitely, I think a major feat is that they had, there was a lot of runners and a lot of um, people around, but they did a good job of, you know, bib pickup and the like expo sort of deal at the beginning, the day before was um, you didn't have to get out of your car. Um, so that was good. Um, and during the race, um, you know, there, the, a lot of the volunteers were wearing masks and, you know, keeping distance, but I think it was also, it just kind of felt normal. Not I, a lot of, we were running, wearing gaiters around our necks um, that we could pull up, but um, yeah, it felt normal. You know, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a exceptionally small race. Um, and again, if, when I ran my marathon, there were definitely points on the trail where I had no other runners in sight. And I was like purely alone on the trail because that was a very small race. But this one, I never felt like that. I never felt like there was no one else around. I felt like there was a quite a good spread of abilities as well. And, you know, yeah, it, it felt normal, I think. That's so cool. I'm, I'm glad you had such a good experience. Yeah. When you were talking about the story there, you kind of just glossed over any negative aspects. I felt like <laughs> it, it really didn't sound too bad. After you had run your, your marathon, which was your largest run, longest run in preparation of this, and that was about a month beforehand, you told me that <laughs> it was both the hardest thing mentally and physically that you had ever done. And for the first couple of days afterwards, I was like, oh no, I don't know if Kelly's gonna wanna do the 100K after that <laughs> marathon, uh, but you turned it around and, and did it and got it done. Do you, this was over twice as far. Was this two times by two times the hardest thing you've ever done? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I don't know if, if that story sounded rosy. It definitely wasn't. If you had asked me, you know, the day after I would have told you it was the worst thing I've ever had to do. I don't want to talk about it. It was terrible. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was, the, this was the hardest mentally physically ever I can't imagine anything I mean anything being harder than what this was except maybe a hundred mile race I don't know <laughs> but um yeah I mean it was it was grueling it was for I'd say for the whole second half of the race like I would wouldn't tell you I had fun <laughs> it was it was just a just a push um and especially once it got dark it's like you can't even see the beautiful park that you're hiking in right you just you're just going you, all you see is what's under your headlamp so so that was yeah it was it was challenging but again it was like with the marathon it was like yeah if you asked me that the first couple days after it was complete it was terrible but I think it's you know yeah it was something that I like mentally recovered from and same with this it'll I'll recover <laughs> Yeah, now you're almost a week removed from the finish yep. of the race. I I ask that you do no running at all this week to give yourself a chance to recover again, both both physically and mentally after a super successful four plus months of training. 
there these experiences that in the moment like you said are not fun like maybe the second half of this race but now a week later that you feel you know you're removed from it how do you feel about your accomplishment and what you did last weekend yeah i feel really proud to have finished and to have you know pushed through and um thinking about it you know almost like 30% of people who started the race didn't finish it. Um, after that climb, we were walking downhill and we saw just carfuls of people being driven down back to the start line who had dropped out of the race. And I think like, just knowing that like, no, I didn't, I didn't finish quickly and I didn't run for the last 24 miles or whatever. It's, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like I, I did it, you know, we, we got across that finish line and that was what we were there to do so um and also just I think thinking about the the months of training that that I put in I that was just such an accomplishment to do all of those things too and to think about the fact that my first trail marathon I kind of blew by it as like it's a training run it's just a training run and if you had asked me a year ago if I even had any interest in running a marathon I would have been like nah not for me so um, the fact that I, that, that was just like, oh, a training run. And then two days later I was running again, cause I had to keep training, you know? So, um, yeah, I think it's a huge accomplishment. The, the whole journey of starting and finishing and the fact that I still want to keep running and I want to do it again. is like <laughs> crazy and surprising. That's awesome. What I love about coaching other athletes and you know, really the, the drive behind why I started night and runs and love to do it is to help athletes, you know, take on big goals, work towards them and exceed them and keep pushing on through. And your story in, in just the four or five months that we've worked together has been, I think, one of my biggest kind of transformations. And you've been super fun to coach. And I'm so happy for you, what you did last weekend. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> I was very jealous for all of those races you were doing. You, and you recently moved to uh, Denver, yep. Colorado. Yeah, right? I, it was back in January, like right at the beginning of the year, um, my brother suggested it. And I was like, oh, that'll be great for training, right? Like, <laughs> that'll be an awesome yeah. place to train. And, you know, if I'm going to run, I might as well do it at altitude. So <laughs> really get the, all the all the training that I can so I think that that also I think was a huge factor in being able to complete this is that I had been training at altitude I had been training on mountains that were higher up than where we were running in the mesas and um, just kind of getting that experience of what it might be like beforehand yeah you definitely put yourself in sort of one of the perfect cities yeah. for training for a mountain ultra in a the previous episode of this podcast, I interviewed my friend Kyle Robidoux, who is also a uh, ultra runner and has run many mountainous races. He lives in, in Boston, which is a mostly flat city. So when he looks to go get elevation, it's a lot of repeats yes. going to a big, the biggest hill in the city and doing it over and over and over again. But you were able to get out to some pretty cool areas for some of your training runs and really get in some like real mountainous racing as part of your training too which I think set you up for success in this race yeah yeah I think that was that was an awesome experience too because just just kind of knowing what to expect or knowing like 
you know, go, especially going out in February and January and the snow and mud and kind of knowing like, all right, I'm on a muddy trail. I'm climbing up a mountain. It's snowing and my eyelashes are freezing and this has got to be as bad as it can get, right? Like this has got to be as hard as a trail run can get. And like, yeah, I think it like definitely prepared me for, for knowing that like I can get out and do it. You know, if it's on the plan, I can get out and I can just do it no matter what, what else is going on around me. Yeah. And you don't just have running that is on your schedule, a challenging running schedule. You also have a full-time job and Kelly's home studio. Do you want to talk a bit about what else you got going on in your life and some of the cool projects you're working on? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I work full-time remotely, which has been really awesome for this experience as far as being able to move and being able to travel and being able to just work kind of from wherever I am. But um, yeah, I also teach yoga and fitness classes um, as a side hustle, I guess you could call it. Um, I run my own little virtual studio with a few other teachers. Um, and so I teach six days a week. I teach yoga three days and strength three days. And so that gives me a connection to a community that way. And um, it also kind of gives me an opportunity to continue doing strength, strength training and um, you know more flexibility and getting sort of some cross training in (laughs) without having to build it into my schedule necessarily um, as far as the training plan goes, which is kind of cool. But yeah, it keeps me busy. Definitely keeps me busy. (laughs) After these past five or so months building up to this race, you know, now again, you're a week removed. Have you given thought to what's next? Uh, Yeah. Um, So I am hoping to run more marathons this year, if you'll let me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know um, what that looks like, but yeah, I definitely want to keep training. Um, I want to keep working with you because um, I think that the program that you've set up for me has really worked like the way, you know, being able to follow a schedule is something that I, again, really connect with. So I definitely want to keep running and keep running a lot. Um, I want to keep my mileage up. Now I feel like I've worked so hard for it that like, I don't want to, I don't want to lose it. And uh, especially being out here in Colorado, like we, we have so many places to run and so much stuff to explore that I want to keep doing that. That's so cool. I'd be happy to help. Yeah. (laughs) I, I think that this spring season for you could really just be the beginning of what could be you know, a really amazing running career for as far as you yeah. want to take it. What you were able to do these past uh, five or so months, you know, going from someone who ran maybe up to 20 miles a week all the way to regularly doing 40 and completing races, that is a really great place to be if you want to go deep into running. I, I was mentally in my mind, I feel like there's there's a huge switch between if you're a runner who can do and enjoy, right? Cause that's important. If you can enjoy running 40 miles a week, that's like the tipping point into like you, you just get so much better, yeah. like beyond for, like 40 to 60 miles a week is like the absolute sweet spot for most adult runners who like really want to get close to their potential. 
Uh, and I'm so happy we were able to kind of get you to that point and you're enjoying it, having fun, doing racing. And I feel like you can, you can already sense that you have so much more to, to give and, and develop into if you just keep it up. And that's really exciting. Yeah. For me. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. I mean, I'm in my mid thirties, so <laughs> to be able to be doing this, like, I feel like with no problems has been <laughs> surprising in that way too. And that like, you know, I'm not young. I didn't like pick this up when I was a teenager. So <laughs> picking it up now is, is, uh, it's been cool. Yeah. There's this concept called training age mm. that I've been thinking a lot about recently, which is basically, it doesn't matter when you started running with your biological age. It matters when you start running period at any age. So a lot of times we think of, we think back and like, oh, if I only started running in high school, <laughs> I'd be so much faster right now. But the thing is you look at people who start running in high school and it's like, sure, they're wicked fast when they're like 20, 21, 22, but then they get burnt out. And a lot of times leave the sport or totally stagnate after like 25 or so. And then you look at athletes who don't start until the age of like 30 or 40, and then they have like a decade of progression. So I really think, and I, and I believe this is like a huge benefit for adult runners coming to the sport at any age is it really doesn't matter when you get into the sport, you're going to see like, you know, potentially 10 years of improvement from the day you kind of start following a training plan and start training well and you know following good principles consistency um slowly increasing your mileage and enjoying it all that sort of stuff yeah. so i yeah you, you've got a long long career ahead of you in, in running which which i i love i can't wait to see what you're going to do have you been eyeing any races or not yet uh there's one in steamboat springs in june which I know is mm -hmm. soon, but um, yeah, there's a marathon there. And I think that's mostly a road race, actually, not, not a trail. Um, and then there's, there's others throughout Colorado. Um, I've been, I've been looking. Cool. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to talk and figure out what works. Yeah. So I know when you moved to Colorado, you were coming from Michigan, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And what, what is Colorado going to be your home now? What's, what's the plan? Uh, uh, yeah, for the foreseeable future. Um, I don't know. I have a tendency to move around a little bit. Um, and especially with working remotely, I don't feel like I'm tied to anywhere, but, uh, I'm, in, I'm enjoying being somewhere that's like wildly different than anywhere I've lived before. So I think it's, it's been cool. And I, yeah, I definitely want to like stick around and explore and, hang out for a little bit cool i'm super excited for you yeah the denver area is actually very high on my list for places i want to visit so uh, we have a number of friends there hopefully someday we can we can come out and connect yeah. in person i've never really been to the rockies that's kind of one part of the country i've never made it to so yeah high on high on the list yeah come I, visit we'll I go for a run <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not just making it up when I'm when I say I'm jealous. I yeah. see those beautiful mountains and everything. Love all that stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been really cool. All of my runs have just been like, it's just, it's fun because it's so 
beautiful. You know, I'm not just running around mm-hmm. in neighborhoods. I'm running around in mm-hmm. mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before I got into running, hiking was my main love. And as I started doing longer and longer hikes, I transitioned that into ultra marathoning because mm-hmm. I was like, well, I can hike 30 miles in a day. <laughs> I hope this do a 50K. And uh, found that it's actually a lot harder <laughs> when you start to have to run it. But um, yeah, uh, it's, it's funny. My, my trajectory into running is sort of weird where I, it, I was primarily into ultra running. And then as I've enjoyed getting faster and faster and faster, I've started focusing on shorter road events. Mm-hmm. But whenever I hear people's stories about their ultra marathons, it's just so cool. I mean, it's so different. Like it's not even the same sport, what you just described to like me talking about trying to do like a 16 minute 5k. <laughs> I mean, right. It's, it's not the same thing. <laughs> oh, it's a completely um, different thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, talking talking to you and my friend Kyle last week, I'm like, oh, I, re- I I think I need to sign up for a 50k maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's been it's been a few years since my last trail race. I did a half marathon in New York on the trails, uh, I think in 2018 or 2019, and then last year was kind of like a wash with no races happening and stuff. But talking to all of you, I'm sort of in marathon mode right now. So I'm yeah. like, all right, I'm doing a marathon on. Um, May 22nd so I feel like maybe like a month or so after that I can just kind of like wing a 50k and see what happens <laughs> <laughs> if I can find one yeah just an extra five miles yeah um, yeah we'll see <laughs> if I don't get into the Boston Marathon this October maybe I'll make a 50k like my big season yeah premiere event peak. <laughs> we'll see um, I love it but yeah, this was super cool. Yeah. Is there, is there anything else about your, your journey or uh, adventure last weekend that you want to share? Anything you want to kind of plug that you're, you're working on or excited about? Um, I'm excited to keep running. I don't know um, if I'd ever do 100K again. I think that was still recovering mentally from that. So I'd have to think about it. But um yeah, I, I think that I'm just, I'm really happy that I worked with you and I'm ha- happy that we can keep working together and I can, you know, keep seeing what, what else is possible. So. Cool. I love that. And I think it's really just the beginning for what yeah. you'll be able to do. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited to be your coach and, and keep working together to get you towards where you want to go. Where can people follow along with you, Kelly, if they want to check out your yeah. Yeah. Your adventures and they want to check out check out my running um adventures i'm on instagram it's kellynn pat k-e-l-l-y-n-n-p-a-t or at kelly's home studio um if you want to follow along with some yoga um yeah that's the best place to get me cool i love it thanks for coming on the show it's really great to catch up this is actually the first time we've talked since after your race. So I'm happy you were willing to do it as a podcast too. I think people are really going to like this story. I think my biggest takeaway from this whole experience is it really just shows that, you know, you may think that like running an ultra is this completely impossible feat and totally out of your range, but 
Kelly is here is a perfect example of someone who's relatively new to the sport who over the course of six months really was able to go from uh, you know an active person but not a super high mileage runner to someone who was able to complete their first 100k and as a coach I've found that story really inspiring that's why I wanted to have her on the show so great job Kelly looking forward to working with you more thanks Thanks Chris thanks for telling your story absolutely all right that is the episode thank you so much for listening you can subscribe to the night and runs podcast on apple podcasts spotify and all major listening platforms so please do so you won't miss the next episode that one's going to be coming out soon you can also follow along with what we're doing at nightandruns.com and on instagram twitter and facebook at night and runs I started Night and Runs because I love helping other runners reach towards their goals and exceed them. I hope this will be the year you take your running to the next level too. You know, we all have power within us to do really awesome things, but it's totally essential to commit to a goal and and take massive action to work towards it, whatever that may be for you. So if I could help you out, feel free to reach out to me at any time. I'd always be happy to map out a game plan with you figure out what you can be doing to make this your best year of running yet. Thanks again for listening. Take care. Bye.